Are you a travel nurse or planning a long-term vacation? Finding housing can be one of the most stressful parts of your journey. But don't worry, Furnished Finder has you covered. With thousands of furnished properties across the U.S., from one-bedroom studios to three-bedroom family homes, you can find the perfect place to call home. Not only does Furnished Finder provide you with a wide range of options to choose from, but they also make sure that each property meets their high standards of cleanliness and safety. Travel with a peace of mind and find your home away from home with Furnished Finder. Visit Furnished Finder today to start your search. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Cup of Nurses podcast. I, Peter Fender, will be your host for today. Make sure to visit coupleofnurses.com for any of our updates, all of our show notes, all of our episodes, and all of our nursing resources. Also, check out coupleofnurses.shop for all of our merch, our unit t-shirts. You grab one of the t-shirts I'm wearing right now. All of our unit stuff's on there. All of our nursing gear is also on there. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about nursing strikes and also all the strikes that have gone on so far in 2023. But before we start, a little shout out to our sponsors, Liquid IV. If you guys aren't drinking Liquid IV, y'all should start drinking that, especially if you're working out. I had a little bit of a lazy day today, so I went to the gym, didn't feel like working out. So on these lazy days, I like to punch myself with some cardio. So I did some stairs, did some reverse walks, so you know I had to grab my, my Liquid IV. If you guys are going to go purchase some, make sure you use Pod at checkout for a little bit of a discount. Also, a shout out to BetterHelp. It's never too early. It's never too late to get a therapy session in. Your mental health matters. Make sure you guys visit BetterHelp.com if you want to get a therapy session or maybe you're thinking about it. Maybe you're looking for a therapist. Check out BetterHelp.com slash Couple of Nurses. And also with the code Couple of Nurses, you'll get a little bit of a discount on your first therapy session. So in this episode, let's talk about strikes, specifically nursing strikes. So over the the years, ever since I started nursing back in 2016, 2017, you never really heard about strikes, especially in the nursing field. I know maybe you would drive by a busy street and you would see that giant rat here in Illinois. There's like a there's like a giant rat that people inflate that are striking lots of people that are in the the trades industry, the plumbers, electricians. Even I've seen a couple schools strike back in the day. And even recently, especially like the union workers, especially the people that are, like I mentioned, in trades, electricians, plumbers, all that kind of stuff, they always set up like a, a inflatable rat and they protest by that. But come back to nursing is over the years, I haven't really noticed a lot of nursing strikes. I feel like this one that has been much more common these last, I want to say, two to three years especially after the the whole widespread infection that was going on, I feel like strikes are definitely on the rise because people are starting to realize that these working, working conditions aren't the best and they haven't been really good conditions for a really long time. Not in the sense where it is, I want to say, physical safety. I do understand that lots of nurses do get hurt on the job, a lot of back problems, a lot of issues dealing with mobility, things like that. But nursing is a little bit different when it comes to to safety because you don't really have things falling on you you're not getting shocked by anything you're not using drills tools heavy lifting equipment except of course for your patients nursing safety when it comes to nursing safety it's more about safety in the sense of the safety of of others and your license meaning that 
as nurses, we have our nursing license. And if we do make a mistake or if we have unsafe conditions that lead us to making mistakes, then our license is in jeopardy. We could lose our jobs, lose our careers, and we could be permanently banned from the whole nursing healthcare field. So imagine you're going to school for four plus years, getting your bachelor, becoming a nurse, and you start working in the hospital. Rachel's are the best. Everyone's stressed out and you're super stressed out. Maybe you've been working in not ideal conditions, but you're just doing the grunt work. You're the grunt of the team. You're just like, you know, take it on. I got to do what I got to do. We're nurses. We have a lot of empathy. We want to do the best that we can with what we have. And sometimes that leads us to a little bit of a trouble in the sense of safety because the people that we work with, the places that we work for, don't always give us the right environment for success. So if you're super stressed out, you're not supported, you're more prone to making mistakes. The less of a good good condition you are working in, the more prone you are to making mistakes. And if you're in this unsafe environment, you make a mistake, you lose your license. Lots of the times the hospitals don't really want to, want to get your back. We've heard about all these cases where on the news, nurses have made mistakes and they got no hospital backing because it put their hospital in a bad light. So the hospital is kind of like, in a way, they're like, screw you deal with it on your own. We're not gonna we're not gonna back you up because this gives us a bad name in a sense. Almost like they feel like they aren't doing um a benefit for the community. So nurses being nurses, we are fairly disposable in a sense. I know there's a lot of shortages, but still we are bachelor degree people. So if you think about it, we are more replaceable than certain people like physicians. There are other job roles or places that are less fillable in a sense. So you're always going to be disposable as a nurse in, in a sense, even even during a shortage, because we do take the burden of hospital costs. But back to the point of the argument is that lots of times the hospitals expect you to work in these conditions. They expect you to be quiet. They expect you to just work through it, figure it out, not say anything. And then at the end of the day, They'll follow you. They'll let you go. If you want to leave, go ahead and leave. We're not going to try to maybe better the conditions for you so you can stay. They don't really care. They'll throw you under the bus if they have to, unfortunately, because that's just the environment we work in. It's not the best environment, but in a sense, it is a little cutthroat. You could say nursing is the wash of healthcare in, in a way. So let's understand a little bit why nurses strike in the first place. Most of the time they're going to strike due to unsafe working conditions, ratios, pay is being a problem, lack of support, poor communication. Those are the main reasons why nurses strike. So there are some nursing unions. Lots of times they strike because their contract hasn't been renewed because when you're a nursing union, you have a contract with the facility or with the management team or whoever's running the running the show, you have a contract and you have a contract because everyone comes to the, to the table of discussion and speaks what they want and how are you going to compromise on what you're willing to sacrifice, what you're not. You're willing to negotiate over the things that you want and some of the things that you're okay with, with not having. And if you sign into a contract, both parties have to abide by that contract. So if a contract gets expired in these unit hospitals, that's expired. You say it's no longer valued. Lots of times these 
hospitals do comply with these contracts that haven't been renewed. But in lots of cases, the part that gets affected the most is the pay. Meaning if you haven't renewed your contract, then whatever pay you're promised in that contract, technically they don't have to follow. And that's the one thing that they're going to follow the least because when it comes to money, people don't like getting their money messed with. Even nurses like they're getting, getting their money messed with. That's fine. I don't like my money getting messed with. I don't think you like your money getting messed with. So that's kind of the way it works. If you're going to get overcharged for something, you're going to most likely not come back to that place or you're going to argue of you being overcharged and why it happened, you want a refund. Same with these hospitals. They're not going to pay any more than they really want to or any more than they really have to. And that's a lot of times why nurses strike. The pay is going to be the major reason why nurses strike. So ratios and pay. The environment, we could kind of work our way around that, but a big factor in the environment is ratios and staffing. So technically, those are like the really big ones. For the most part, I want to say pay is probably the biggest because let's all be realistic here, guys. Let's just say you're a nurse making, let's just say $70 an hour. Okay. Simple math, $70 an hour. You don't have the ratios, but if your pay jumped by $10 from 70 to 80, you'll probably be able to work with with the ratios. And see, that's where the whole negotiation comes into play because if you don't want to give me more money per hour, well, at least give me more staff so I don't have to, for example, work as hard. And I'm not saying that nurses don't work don't work hard. I'm not saying that proper ratios are going to make people work less. It's just we're working more than technically we should because you're not abiding by these ratios. So you're expecting me to do more with less and you're not giving me any kind of breathing room. If you expect me to do more work with less, at least compromise with me and pay me more because if ratios are two to one and I've been doing three to one, four to one, hopefully I do that in the ICU, but just for simple math, I'm giving that idea. If you're doing one to three, technically you're working for one and a half nurse, one and a half nurses, right? So why aren't you being compensated in that, that way? If they don't want to hire that extra nurse, well then why should you not at least be getting, be getting paid more if you're doing more of the work. No, common sense, but there's always that, that that battle. You have to fight for your value because the person that's paying you isn't going to value you at a reasonable rate, at least not financially wise. Maybe they'll value you as an employee, tell you, hey, you're doing good. Thanks so much for staying in. Thanks so much for, for coming in. Thank you for staying over. Thank you for overtime. They'll shower you with compliments. But what do companies really do in reality? They make you feel good for a little bit, then what? Nothing really else happens. You go home, okay, what changes? You, you're taking all the loss. Yeah, they might make you feel good for a little bit. Like, yes, you know, people feel appreciated that, I, that I'm stepping up. I feel appreciated because people are making me feel appreciated. But at the end of the day, you're coming back home stressed, more tired. Now you're even hungrier. Now you got to buy more food. You're financially taking, taking a hit in, in a way taking a hit financially, mentally, spiritually. Yeah, you got paid the time and a half, but that's only an hour or two that you stayed over the time and a half. But the whole shift for 12 hours, 13 hours, for that 14 hours, you were doing time and a half physically. But you only got paid time and a half for the last two hours. Doesn't really feel fair, but they, they'll try to make you feel appreciated. They'll try to do certain things for you that don't really almost mean anything for at the end of the day, because 
Lots of times, management comes up to you, asks you for a favor, and you do it. But a lot of times, you come up to the manager, you come up to the hospital administrators, you ask for a favor. I'm not gonna give you that favor. You ask for maybe a, a day off when you know you, you ask them to come up. You have the PTO. They don't always want to do that. They don't want. They don't always want to do do that favor, right? Of even if you have a little bit of emergency, maybe if you're not even feeling well, you don't got any more PTO, or you just knew. It's really hard for for people to do your favors, but it's a lot easier for you to be doing the favors. A little bit of a reality check right there, and a little bit of a life lesson. But the strikes, there comes consequences, and the consequences can be very, very heavy. First of all, if you're the one partaking in the strike, or if you're the one taking leadership of it, or anything really around that strike, the manager's going to know that you're the one striking. Administration's going to know you're the one striking. So it's almost like you're putting a bad taste in your mouth with, with your name. Even though you might be striking for a good reason, even though they might understand why you're striking, subconsciously, they already know, hey, you're this person to maybe stir the pot a little bit. You're this person to maybe start things out of unit that maybe they don't agree with. So just by you partaking in it, you're already a little bit more of a difficult nurse, you can say, than the other nurses around you that maybe aren't partaking, aren't maybe saying anything, come and do their job, going home. So you're more of a dangerous one so they might not tell you anything they might not say anything but subconsciously there's always going to be some thought around it. it's like big brother you know government kind of stuff they're always watching you know you type in something goofy on a search and you're in a database right you're you're in the big brother database guess what you're also in your manager's database mentally you're also in the hospital's database in that sense as well so it's kind of a little bit a little bit, a little bit freaky, a little bit dystopian in a, in a sense, but just by you acting out, just by you partaking, you're already put into this separate list. Lots of times, nurses can lose their jobs. You're also taking a financial risk. Like I said, you can lose your jobs. You're also not getting paid for a time you're striking. If you have a week-long strike, you're striking, you're not getting paid for that time. You're losing a paycheck. That could be a lot. Nurses make decent money. A week's paycheck goes goes a long way, and sometimes... It's really hard to make that call of, hey, should I go to work or should I strike? Because financially I need it, but my moral compass is telling me to do it. So then you have a battle within yourself because there's no reason they're going to pay you by you being outside picketing or you being outside of the workplace and speaking your mind. They're not going to want to pay you a single cent for that. There's just lots of disruption that goes on with with a strike even though they're planned all that kind of stuff. lots of disruption not just from the corporate healthcare hospital manager administration side but also the the nursing side it disrupts disrupts family time disrupts your your workflow disrupts your family disrupts your friends it disrupts your week your day your month it can hold you back for future positions even though not supposed to do that like i so the whole subconscious thing, it just really disrupts the system. And from chaos usually comes order, but you have to just be able to take on and fight through that chaos if it's something that you that you really, really believe in. There's also this impact that strikes do play on patients and patient care. Even though their strike might be one day, two day. Remember, healthcare is a 24-hour 
system. And if you're not there on the unit, most likely they're going to bring in some travel agency or some other nurses that maybe do strikes, that kind of stuff. They're going to bring them out. So there's going to be most likely somebody to, to fill your role. But you've been at a unit for years, for months, for a super long time. You know the unit better than anybody that are going to bring on. Because when you bring in a travel nurse or a nurse that, that does strikes, they're only going to, to be able to do the basic stuff of nursing. By that, I mean not just like bathing patients, IVs. I'm saying the basics of they're being able to competently give meds, administer things, emergency situations, but that connection and the understanding is what's going to be to be lacking. That's what I mean by base. They're going to be able to provide good care, but they're not going to be able to provide excellent care because they don't have that relationship. They don't know the flow of the system. They don't know the ins and outs like, like you do. So there is that disruption on, on patient care. But with everything, there, there, there's always there's always going to be this side of things. The only way for you to get what you need is if the other side realizes that by not giving you what you need, they're taking a loss. By them losing money, them losing patience, outcomes are dropping. Things like that are what hospitals really focus on. And if you could show up with that by you not being there, by this group of nurses not being there, they're taking a loss just on this one, two, three days. Imagine that on a monthly scale or a three-month scale, six-month scale, quarterly scale, all that kind of stuff. So you, only way for you to get your side of the argument or for you to reach a compromise with these with these businesses is by showing them that they need you. Because if they realize that they need you, then you have more bargaining room. You can get more of what you want. Of course, you can't always get everything you want. There has to be some kind of negotiation, some kind of compromise. But they're only going to give you something if they realize that they're losing something. Before we get into all the hospitals that have went on strike or have tried to go on strike in 2023, I just want to go over some of the numbers for a Providence Hospital in Oregon. It did go through a, a strike or a situation and they're currently in negotiations. So I just want to go over some of the, the numbers and some of the stuff that I, ha I have looked into just to maybe just get a good idea of what's actually going on from a numbers standpoint. I was I was looking at some of the, the financials of the hospital and how much they actually make and how much they, they, they spend. I was curious on, on how much they spent on, on employees. And I was just brainstorming of how many how much money is actually in this in this system. And I didn't look at the whole Providence history financial wise. I just looked at this this first quarter. So this quarter and ended in March. So I looked at that quarter, looked at some of the numbers and it compared it to some of the quarters prior and, and some of the, the years prior just to kind of get an idea of how things were, were flowing. So to give you an idea this one hospital, the total hospital value of assets is $28 billion. So this hospital and everything that it has is worth $28 billion. Net assets, which is its assets and its liabilities, it's basically what it has 
and what it owes to things and what it still has to, to pay for or give out. So if you subtract those, you get about $17 billion. So in a, in a way, half of, of its assets technically are are being taken over by, by something else because they got, maybe have dues to pay for, th things like that. The cash and cash equivalents on hand. So what that means is how much cash the hospital actually has or things that can be turned into cash quickly, um, like certain securities, certain uh, financial tools, things like something that they could trade for cash right away. Now that's something that they could sell like hospital beds or sell like a building, something that they could turn into cash real quickly or the cash they have on hand. And that number is $1,200,000,000. So they have a little bit over $1,000,000,000 cash on hand, ready to go if they needed to put something somewhere they, they had that power. They had that power of $1 billion. And then I also looked at the 2019 to uh, 2022 total cost of, of salaries and benefits. So from 2019 to 2022, the salaries and the benefits increased about 15%. But this doesn't mean that nurses received a 15% bump in pay over the last three years. This is just the general looking at their financial statements, their cost of staff and benefits went up 15%. And remember, usually the higher ups get a bigger percentage of an increase. So the 15% isn't really what the nurses receive. This is just how much their cost went up. Managers might have got 20%, CEO might have got 25%, nurses might have got 6%, 7%. It doesn't specify in the financial documents. I have to physically call the place and ask, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't get it because it's hard to get it in your own hospital. So imagine how hard it's going to be to get it from a hospital you're going to work at. So the cost of staffing and benefits went up 15% from 2019 to 2022. Remember, I'm going to say it again. It doesn't mean that nurses got 15% more in pay over the last three years. I do want to point out one thing is the operating expenses. So this has went up for hospitals. So if you subtract the the operating, like you could say costs and how much they're bringing in, this province hospital was negative $345 million so far for the quarter of 2023. So, so far going to 2023, they're already negative over $300 million, which is a lot. But if you look at it from a bigger standpoint, the hospital has been profitable for many years on end. The hospital is more profitable than it is negative in a sense over the years. For the last 10, 15 years, the hospital made more than a lost guaranteed. So this might seem like a lot of money, but remember that hospitals, if they're functioning, they're making money because no one's going to support a hospital that is not making money. I'm not saying that, okay, one quarter of, of not being profitable, you're not going to shut the place down. You're not going to shut it down because lots of times when you're expanding a hospital, you're going to show it as a loss at the end of the year. You're going to show it as a loss on a quarter, which yeah, it looks bad on paper, but, but you're using that loss to make more money in the future. This is not what happened here. This, the hospital here is losing money because of the whole 
widespread infection. So it took a lot. So you kind of understand why these hospitals don't really want to negotiate with nurses or negotiate with anybody that's working in healthcare because they're losing money. So they don't want to introduce anything that's going to cost them more money if they're already losing money. So this is why nurses and other healthcare professionals are struggling to get what they really want because these hospitals are trying to put it off for probably next year. They don't want to do it now because right now they want to be able to make up for the money that they lost over the last couple of years because just as hospital, if you look back at 2022, at one point they were losing half a billion dollars. Right now, the way from losing half a billion to now losing 300 million. So they went from losing 500 million to now losing 345 million. So they're they're making it back slowly. It's going to take some time, but I just want to let you know why these hospitals are are not wanting to just do anything or change anything because they want to keep the, the status quo until they can figure out how to make this, this money back. I'm not giving them any sympathy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sympathizing with these hospitals. I'm just trying to let everybody understand that these people also have goals that they that they work for in the hospital, right? As nurses, our goal is to upkeep pay satisfaction, upkeep standards, all that kind of nursing stuff. There's just people on the other side that are there in place to make the hospital money. So if they don't get, the, they don't have the hospital making money, they don't have a job. So this is why it's kind of happening is that these hospitals are a little bit less open to negotiating because they are losing right now financially. Maybe they might be more open to negotiating in the future when they are making money, but right now it's really, they really don't want to talk. They really don't, don't want to say anything. They don't want to do anything. They don't, they don't want to even whisper anything. They don't want nothing happening. Is that the right thing to do? Of course not. But this is just where we stand. I'm not saying, hey, pick a better time to strike, pick a better time to protest, or pick a better time to get what you want. I'm not saying that at all. If anything, this is a really good time to do this kind of stuff because they're already operating at a loss, right? So they don't want to make make that a bigger hole. They don't want to dig themselves a, a bigger hole. So right now, when shit's going down, it might be a good time for you to really get what you want because some of these hospitals are sinking ships right now. And they're trying not, not to sink. The water's coming, the water's coming in, but they have a plan to get that water out. So right now the water's coming, but they're getting that water out slowly. The water's, water's leaving the boat. They're staying afloat. It's working. And they, they know that whatever they're doing is going to work. They just need the time to work. They have enough people with buckets dumping that water out. It's just happening slowly. It's happening slowly. But they're doing it. They're doing it. They crank it. They're cranking it out. They're cranking it out. But slowly. So this is actually a really good time for us to kind of stir the pot a little bit more. Because if there's more water coming in and more holes... It's a lot harder to dump out that water. So if you just stir the pot, right now is, is the time to, to get what you want because they're on a negative. So it's kind of like, it's, it's a high risk, high reward situation because hospitals don't want to negotiate, but also they're willing to negotiate too for anything because they're they're so short in a sense. Since I noticed this, this rise in nursing strikes, I was curious on how many strikes already happened in 2023. So we're about halfway done with 2023 and there have been more strikes happen than I could really, really remember for the last, I want to say seven years. There, there's been a lot and it almost feels like there's going to be more that are going to be happening as things move forward because I feel like nurses and the system realizing that, hey, if you actually fight for what you believe in, 
you're actually going to get it. So I wanted to look over some of the the hospitals that have already protested in in 2023. Take a look at what they were seeking and the the outcomes. Right off the bat, in January of 2023, seven New York hospitals started a a protest. There was about 12,000 nurses, and their main reason why they were protesting was for better ratios, fatigue, and they just were were overworked and they wanted more compensation. After a three-day long strike, the nurses got what they wanted. They received a change in standards of, of ratios and staffing requirements. They received better healthcare benefits, and they also received raises for the next three years. I believe it was a five to six and seven percent raise one year after the other for the next three years. So they got what they wanted. So this is definitely a W for the nurses of, of New York and for these these hospitals. They got their raise, they got the better staffing conditions. It was worth it. Then again in January, Mount Sinai in Manhattan, New York, another New York hospital also protested for inadequate teaching or learning practices in a hospital, unsafe working conditions, low pay, staff shortages, and high caseloads. And the outcome was a tentative agreement with management for better ratios, more staffing, and a 19% raise over the next three years. Another W for New York and nurses. Again, in January, two hospitals in Michigan with about 300 nurses protested for a unrenewed contract and working conditions. They claimed the hospital was doing unfair labor practices and sneakily avoiding negotiating for a, a new contract. The outcome was that the strike was averted because management finally decided to start talking and a compromise was reached and the nurses got a new three-year contract. Another win for nurses and definitely a W for Michigan. In February, South Shore University Medical Center won a strike with about 800 nurses fighting for better ratios and higher pay. The outcome was that the strike was averted and the hospital came to an agreement with the nurses for better pay, better ratios, retirement benefits, and also better compensation for holding on to nurses and bringing up the hospital retention for nurses. So definitely a W for New York, a W for the nurses. In March, Henry Mayo in California went on strike with 700 nurses. This was an interesting one because this had a big dilemma with the hospital and administrators preventing contract negotiations. They were trying to basically stop nurses from trying to get a contract. And this is a little bit of a despicable kind of thing because not only are these nurses fighting against better working conditions, better pay, just a better work environment, this hospital was actually trying to sabotage them from from organizing and just not responding to to their to their complaints. They didn't want to just say anything. This was a really big dilemma because this was the hospital trying to just do everything in their power to stop these nurses from saying and doing anything. Pretty, pretty interesting. You guys should definitely check it out. This was uh, the Henry Mayo in, in California. 
the outcome it's still to be determined they're currently in in negotiations but this was an interesting case because it brought to light the illegal bargaining tactics that hospitals can actually try to deploy on nurses and healthcare providers so hopefully things are going well with this Henry Mail negotiations I'm sure they're going to get something that they that they wanted especially once they brought out these these tricky and sleazeball tactics that the hospital was trying to to do at the end of March Marine Health Medical Center in California went on strike with about 600 nurses and their major complaint was that management and administrators were not addressing any of their concerns regarding working condition ratios it's just they were not addressing the problems that the nurses were showing the hospital and it was more of like a, they were just ignoring them they didn't want to really change anything so the nurses said hey you're gonna ignore us ignore us no more we're going on strike the outcome was that the strike was averted and the nurses received what they wanted. They reached a tentative agreement for a 16.5% raise over the next three years. They created a infectious disease department. They upped their safety measures. They also got better health benefits. And they also improved and put things in place that will improve retention of nurses and healthcare staff. Another W for California, another win for nurses. In the beginning of May, St. Rose Hospital in California, as well as a mental health center, went on strike with about 300 nurses for better working conditions, more staffing, higher pay, and also the refusal of management to respond to their, their complaints and their needs on the unit. About 300 nurses wanted to participate in the strike for better working conditions, more staffing, higher pay, and also because management was refusing to negotiate for a new contract and even renew their prior one. The outcome was that the strike was averted and there are currently talks and negotiations undergoing for a new contract for the hospital and for the, the nurses. There is currently a vote going on and depending on which way the vote goes, they're going to enter more negotiations or they're going to agree on the the contract and of the contracts contents another win for california another win for nurses also in may pih good samaritan hospital in la went on strike because of poor patient outcomes inadequate staffing and unsupervised lunch and break times pretty interesting so this was actually an interesting case because nurses were actually seeing that hey the patient outcomes that you guys are blaming on us for not being able to to abide by or improve is because you aren't giving us the resources and giving us the staff for us to be able to meet those outcomes so if you're on the unit remember there's always that outcomes committee or whoever the educator is or whoever runs it on the unit always comes and says hey we got to improve these outcomes and this hospital good samaritan in la got sick of it and said hey Outcomes are dropping and you guys are pointing a finger at us. But the reason why these outcomes suck is because you're not giving us the right environment to work in. You're not giving us the right staff. So how can you tell us to improve this environment? How can you keep giving us education? We got to do this. We got to do that. But you guys are just telling us what to do without making any kinds of kind of improvements. 
You're telling us once again to work harder and to work, work with less when we really, really need more and to patient ourselves for not just the nurses, but patient outcomes are dropping specifically and directly because of your choice of not to better these, these conditions and not provide the appropriate staff. The outcome was that the strike was averted and they agreed to a new contract that is now going to start in November. I guarantee you got a nice bump in pay, better working conditions, another W for nurses, another W for patients, and a W for California. Another one in May, this one y'all might have heard about. It was the HCA healthcare strike in California with about 3,000 nurses. And their concerns were a staffing shortage, poor retentions, and a lackluster working condition. The outcome was that the five hospitals that were striking started negotiating with the hospital. So the strike was able to be averted. The outcome was that the five hospitals that were protesting were able to avert the strike because they entered negotiations with the hospital. So the strike was averted and they, be, they got into an agreement for a 15% increased pay over three years, more benefits for education, health, and retirement. And also they agreed on future higher investments in staffing and work conditions. So they got a pretty good deal, better benefits for their future, more money for their future. And also the hospital said it was willing to invest a larger amount of money into staffing and the whole nursing work environment. Another W for nurses, another W for California. In June, we had St. Charles System Bend in Oregon protest with a thousand nurses for better staff, better working environments, and better pay. The outcome was that the strike was averted. They don't have anything signed yet, but currently what's on the table is better pay, guaranteed breaks. And what's interesting is they also had something in their contract where if there is a change of ownership in the hospital, then everything they agree on has to also get abided by. So I'm curious that maybe there were some talks of the hospital getting bought out by someone or changing some kind of corporate ship or just changing some major asset of things. Because lots of times if somebody gets bought out by somebody or things change in management, name change, all that kind of stuff. What changes also is whatever negotiations that the nurses came to it all suddenly go away. If you get bought out by somebody, they're your new owner technically. So you have to once again then negotiate with them. So it's interesting that they threw that in. So right now they are waiting for the nurses to agree on this and sign this contract and finally put it into play. But this is also a really good deal. Win for Oregon, win for nurses. In June, we also had New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital also go on strike with about 1,200 nurses for unsafe cutting of nursing staff. So this is interesting. So this hospital was undergoing shortages to begin with, and they decided to cut some more nurses over the last couple of years, which is, which is wild because we had the whole widespread infection happen, needed nurses, and the hospitals did take a hit. But instead of trying to cut costs somewhere else, 
this hospital tried to cut costs by lowering the nursing staff, which was already burdened to begin with. The outcome was that the strike was averted and the New York Nurses Association came to a contract agreement for higher pay. I think it gets 18% over the next three years and then some retroactive pay. So nurses got what they wanted. And shout out to New York, man. They've been they really pulling pulling these these strikes and these and these protests for these nurses to show W for nurses, W for New York, and shout out to New York for for stepping up. New York took one of the biggest hits during the the whole infection that was going on these last last couple of years. So it's about time they stand up for for what is right and stand up for what they deserve. Also in June, some Providence Portland hospitals were going to go on strike about. 1,800 of them for unfair labor practices, not wanting to negotiate their their contract. They had a contract in 2022 that they started negotiating, and then the hospital just kind of fell off with the negotiation. So they were fighting for a new and renewed contract, as well as better ratios, better working conditions, better attention, all that other good stuff that nurses should have. And the outcome is that they are currently negotiating the contract. So I tried to find some more information about this. And lots of the the stuff I looked at was saying that because they're negotiating, they can't really disclose what's going on because they're in the midst of talking. So hopefully they're, they're doing well. Shout out to the nurses of Providence and Portland, Oregon. I'm taking this as a win for Oregon and a win for the nurses. That is all for today, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to me discuss and talk about the nursing strikes and all these strikes that we've so far went through in 2023. It's good to see nurses stand up for themselves and stand up for for each other because this is long overdue. It was just really interesting looking up all this information, actually realizing how much nurses and how much how much units actually go on go on strike makes you really think about if this stuff is actually effective and I could tell you right now right off the bat doing all this research looking up all this kind of stuff it seems like it's really really worth it especially if you're in these situations that are ideal for for nurses at the end of the day we have to stand up for our rights we have to stand up for what we believe in and we got to stand up for our patients because a better working condition for ourselves better staffing better pay makes us perform better makes us enjoy our job more and ultimately it's going to also mirror the patient care and the patient outcomes. Thanks again, guys. Have an amazing week.